following is a class given by His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Maharaj on December 13th, 2007. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th Canto, chapter 23, verse 26 to 28. Song of the Anantiva Brahman, Brahman. Canto 11, Chapter 23. Kasmat Sankhlishyate Vidvan Vyatarayate Hayasakit Kasyachin Mayayanunam Lokoyam Suvimohita. Why must a, an intelligent man suffer by his constant vain efforts to get wealth? Indeed, this whole world is most bewildered by someone's illusory potency. Kim Danaya Danadaya Vakim Kamaya Vakama Dayaruta Mityunagasya Manasya Karma Virvota Janmadai For one who is in the grips of death, what is the use of wealth of those who offer it? sense gratification of those who offer it, or, for that matter, any type of fruitive activity, which simply causes one to again take birth in the material world. Nunamme Bhagavans Tushtak Nunamme Bhagavans Tushtak Sarvadeva Mayohari Sarvadeva Mayohari Yenanito dasam etam Yenanito dasam etam Nirvedas chatmana plava Nirvedas chatmana plava Nunamme bhagavans tushta Nunamme bhagavans tushta Sarvadeva mayohari Sarvadeva mayohari Yenanito dasam etam Yenanito dasam etam Nirvedas Chatmana Plava. Nirvedas Translation by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Hari, who contains within Himself all the demigods, must be satisfied with Me. Indeed, he has brought me to this suffering condition and forced me to experience detachment, which is the boat to carry me over this ocean of material life. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The Brahmana could understand, or Prabhupada's followers, the Brahmana could understand that the demigods who award different types of sense gratification as the result of one's fruitive activities cannot bestow the highest benefit in life. When the Brahmana lost all his property, he could understand that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who comprises all the demigods, had given him the perfect perfect, the highest perfection. 
not by awarding sense gratification, but by saving him from the ocean of material enjoyment. But being thus deprived of the opportunity to cultivate religiosity while sense gratification and liberation, the Brahmana became detached and transcendental knowledge awakened within his heart. Thus in the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport of text 26, 27, 28 of chapter 23, canto 11, Srimad Bhagavatam, the song of the Avanti Brahmana. In the book, in the poem written by Śrīla Prabhupāda, uh, worshipping Krishna Vrindavan, Vrindavan Ebhajan, he also expresses that I had a wife, I had children, I had uh, all these things in my material life, but now where are they all? Where are, where are they? Where are they? Are they all at now? Nobody has come with me. Once, uh, then he said that once you don't, you don't lose your money, then uh, all your friends uh, and relatives uh, they start criticizing. And they don't care for you anymore. So actually, <coughs> I'm laughing. I'm not suffering because of that. I'm laughing. But now I'm here in Vrindavan and I'm sitting uh, worshipping Krishna. So I'm actually, I'm so much happy. He quoted that verse. Krishna takes away the wealth of his devotees sometimes. So this Avanti Brahmana has also experienced this loss. And he's taking it also as a blessing. Somehow in this material world we we keep thinking that by making some plan we're going to be completely satisfied. Materially, but materially it never works out. So understand that actually we should uh, spiritually try to be happy. Materially there's going to be some ups and downs. Taking roads instead. Like what Chaitanya said, Karvi Swarga Uttai Kabi Naraka Dubai Dhanda Jana Raja Jana Dhanda Jana Raja Jana Nodite Chubaya. It's like somebody be dunking in the river, dunking. Sometimes you get a breath of fresh air, sometimes you're drowning. It's like that sometimes we take birth in heavenly planets and it seems like we're having a good time. Sometimes we're in a hellish condition, suffering like anything. Actually in this uh, earth planet, we don't get the same happiness that they have in heaven or the same suffering as hell, but sometimes little glimpses, little happiness, I both welcome. Wow. 
Sometimes we're suffering and sometimes we're we're enjoying these things happen like coming out summer coming out the winter it was the winter here in Australia now the spring and summer have come now it's mango season again (laughs) (laughs) cherries, lychees time to enjoy But uh, sometimes uh, material nature puts forward its good side and then we think, well, maybe I can be happy after all. Then things switch again, then the winter comes and then we think, wow, material life is suffering so much. Generally we don't learn. We keep making plans and ideas of how we're going to be materially happy. If I just had a bigger house, if I just had a better car, if I just got a new television set, one of those flat plasma gigantic. Mm-hmm. Now in Singapore they show up. <laughs> it's like an indoor movie. It's like, wow, it's like, I don't know, like 10 feet wide or something. I'm sure some people, rich people, put that in their house and sit and watch. It's the same movie where you see that. <laughs> so anyway, like that, people try to be happy, but uh, the Avanti Brahmana, he's appreciative that somehow I got detached. Normally we're all looking for happiness in the material world, but sometimes how I got detached. So it must be Krishna's special or some kind of mercy on me. Actually, the wife of Bali Maharaj said he gave special mercy to my husband, took away all his pride and opulence. But then Bali Karina, I mean not Bali, but Pramanadev, Trivikram Karina, said it's not the special mercy. It's the ordinary mercy. <laughs> special mercy is when they have all the opulence and they're still detached. That's special mercy. Generally we get all the opulence and then we want to enjoy more and more. And, but if we're still detached, we want to serve Krishna in spite of having opulence. We were just talking and someone also was quoting a quote that When you achieve uh, happiness, if you're still humble and still God conscious, that's that's actually the, the special side. As many times people they get they get happy, they get very puffed up and very proud, and forget about Krishna. And the uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Upakam talks about the devas were losing in the battles with the uh, demons. 
So then they prayed to Vishnu for help. So Vishnu helped them and gave uh, them some extra powers. So they were able to defeat the demons. So normally, Krishna doesn't get involved in these uh, battles. But if the devas pray to him to get involved, then he takes sides. So, because yesterday we were, not yesterday, I know it was yesterday or the day before we were having this question answer period. And uh, they were asking, well, if Krishna decides everything, what's the use of even trying? It's already preordained. I said, well, no, actually, it's not like that. That uh, sometimes the devas have a chance to win. I mean, the demons. Vishnu just stays out of the whole thing and lets. Let it. But then sometimes, uh, like the story where the Tripura Asura was fighting against the devas and defeated the devas, that they asked the help of Shiva, and Shiva killed all the Tripura Asura's army. But then they came back down with their flying uh, cities, first flying fortresses and they were dipped into some kind of nectar and brought back to life. Vayadhanava had some pot of nectar. And they came back the next day, fired up, rejuvenated, again fighting with you. So what's this? I already killed him. Now they're back again. You know, how many times are you going to kill the same people? Does go on forever? So he was uh, quite uh, disgusted, uh, dis- discouraged. So he went to Krishna, to Vishnu, and preached and the other, prayed to him. So then Vishnu agreed to help. Took the form of a cow, and Brahma took the form of a calf, and they are walking in the camp of the demons. Just like some stray cows, nothing unusual, like in India, you see, eating grass. They walked over to the well of nectar and drank it all up. Oh, everything to the bottom. So when Maidanava saw this, said, this must be Vishnu. It's not ordinary cow. Ordinary cows can drink a well of nectar. And so then he said, so up to now it was uh, like level, it's like if the umpires are neutral, okay, you got a chance, but if they're just always deciding in favor of the other team, then you get this, what's the point? <laughs> no matter what I do, it's going to give, even I don't do nothing, I'm standing alone, foul! <laughs> Something like that, you know, then what's the point? get discouraged. So he said, you know, up to the time Vishnu gets involved, demons, devas, anybody has their chance. But once Vishnu takes somebody's side, that's it. So he quit. He said, I'm Tripur Sur, have a good day. Have a good one. Vishnu's down there, entered into that. Pray. You don't stand a chance.
So this Mayadana are quite an intelligent guy. Right? He knows. So that, but from that we can understand that there is a level playing, you know, whatever, maybe level demons have less powers than the devas. Usually they win, but sometimes the devas get together, get some extra boost. But the idea is that people, you can win, you can, not everything is like completely ordained. Krishna lets people win according to their karma, their energy, their... It's like Bali. Sometimes the demons win, Bali won. In the Padma Purana it says how... Another brother. Another brother of Indra, not Bali. He defeated Indra and took over the kingdom of the Devas. But Aditi also got Vamana Dev to come and help. Because he legitimately won. So, and he was very powerful. So, so Indra went with him. With, with Vamana Dev. To speak to his brother. His brother was. Name slips me right now. Maybe come back. So they approached. And Indra has got his own mystical powers, his very powerful personality. Bhaskar. Bhaskar Maharaj. His name was Bhaskar Maharaj. <laughs> and uh, Bhaskar Maharaj. So when they, when Indra and Vamanadev came to the, to the capital, they saw that outside of the palace he had mental horses. Big heads, small bodies, and they flew the speed of the mind. And he was sending, he was ruling the whole universe by sending messengers all over the universe to these mental horses. You get on a horse, you just think, I want to be right now and look me to Archibald's temple, and I'm like, boop, you're there. So I want to see, uh, Rakhandriya Rishi and Janaloka, whoop, you're there. So Indra was impressed. He said, wow, you know, he's got, he's got it together. The place was neat and clean and 
together, had all these uh, arrangements. Indra Das did a different way, but, but even though he did a different way, that Bhaskar Maharaj did a different way, he was uh, impressed that it was working, you know, whatever, you know. Ultimately, what's not, one, each one may have their management style, every president has a different spin, but whatever works, that's what's important. So, Bhaskar Maharaj let a message out that let, let them come. Bhaskar Maharaj had an issue. Since he's a half-brother, he's a cousin-brother with Indra. But he's on the wrong side of the family. He's on the Diti side and he's on the Aditi side. So they never recognize it's like you're like outcasts. So when he, when he saw Indra, he said, you know the fact that Indra offered, Jai Maharaj, Samrat, Emperor. He said, you know the fact that you've come to see me, you're offering me, finally the first time in my life you're offering me respect as an equal, as a king. I'm so pleased that you ask me for anything. Even if you ask me to give it back the whole kingdom, I'll give it to you. All I wanted was recognition. You guys never recognized us. You were always the black sheep. I feel so good that you just recognize us. Recognize me. In this, and look at, I'm not coming here to ask you for anything. This Brahmana, this child, this youth, came to me and asked me for some land. And I told him, I don't own anything anymore. It's all owned by Bhaskar Maharaj. He, owned, he took everything from me. So I can't cheat, I can't give you something that I don't have. If you want land, you have to talk to him. He wants three steps of land. So that Vamana does this thing, you know, and says, yeah, this is three steps. Let me offer them, I'll give you a whole planet. You know, we have billions of planets, so which one? Take a planet, why do you want three steps? Well, if I'm not going to be happy with three steps, I won't be happy with the planet. Well, you'll be some nice girl, get buried, you know, be a grihasta, have a good time, happy, peaceful life, doing your religious duties. I just want three steps away. You know, so then he gets three steps. And then Vamanadev jumped, you know, expands into Trivikram size, and then he takes three steps, lower planets, upper planets, middle planets, lower planets, takes all the three worlds. He says, no, thank you. You're a good sport. And Bhaskar, he was, you know, he was pretty uh, amazed. You know, I just lost everything. <laughs> By Vishnu, Vishnu took it. But he, he didn't have, he was, he was quite impressed. I said, so, no, you're a good sport. I just took everything you have and you're still, you know, mellow about it. 
I'll give you, you can also ask something for me. What do you want from me? And then Bhaskar said, no, I would like to go to your planet and stay with you and serve you. This was quite amazing what I just saw. And I, I, I have appreciation for you. I'd like to be with you. Okay. Free ticket. Take it. Take him back to home, back to God. That's interesting. So he lost everything. He was, he, he was, uh, he made the best use of it also. So different, uh, so this day devoted, you got an equal chance, but if Vishnu comes in, then it, it tilts the balance. So this Vaskava, she had also defeated him there. Don't know exactly, I don't know if I gave all the reasons why, but usually Indra, because he uh, sends his guru or something, he gets, without the guru's blessings, he gets weakened. The Avanti Brahmana, he's got detached. You know where Avanti is in India? Right. Right. Ujjain is uh, ancient name is Avanti. Avanta, Avanti Puri. Avanta Puri. It's one of the, I forget how many, but six or eight, eight I think. Ashtapuri. Eight Puris and uh, so Avanti Puri is one of them. I think it's eight. It could be six or something. So it's, uh, it's a, one of the places where you can easily get back to Godhead. So now by uh, Bhakti Churu Maharaj made a beautiful temple, a nice marble temple. We went there this year, earlier this uh, year we had our national meetings there. They took us and showed us Sandapani Muni's ashram where Krishna learned all the Vedic arts and everything in 64 days. All Vedic knowledge in 64 days. And uh, also there's a Shiva temple there, which is very ancient. It's very beautiful Shiva. Huh? Mahakaleshwar. You went there? Where's your birthplace? Hour and a half, yeah, indoor. So, this Avanti, this Brahmana comes from Avanti, from Ujjain. It's mentioned here in the Bhagavatam, an ancient Brahman. And he took three Dandi Samyats, so we also following in the footsteps. We chant this uh, prayer of the Avanti Brahmana, when he took sannyas. So how does it spell? Itan sastaya pradmanistam adhyasitam purva tamaya mahadbhya aham tarishami duranta param tamomu kandangrimi seva eva. This is all the Brahmanas, all the 
sannyasi, Pridandi sannyasi. They follow Lord Chaitanya's chant as Etangsa Staya Paratmanistam. I'm following this uh, path of transcendence. Etangsa Staya Paratmanistam, Adhyasana Purvatamaramahadir, which has been followed by many great souls in the past. Etangsa Staya Paratma. It's difficult to cross over this ocean of birth and death, but I'm going to cross it over. I'm going to cross over it. By serving Mukunda, the giver of liberation, by serving Krishna. So this is the, the, the determination to practice devotional service, to get over the ocean of birth and death through devotional service. Well, Lord Chaitanya, like this prayer, the story here, the Vanti Brahmana is in the Bhagavatam. So he wants to live a simple life, simple living, high thinking, remain satisfied, with the self. He's happy that he's detached. So. I have a few copies of this book, Vrindavani Bachan, that somebody wants. I, heard I translated Prabhupada's poems into English and gave a commentary. It's already finished? I'll finish it one day. We have a cookbook for this. <laughs> Low fat cookbook. <laughs> All the books are gone. That's only about five each. Maybe have a few more. Should order some more. Some people have it, you can get it. Who you have a copy? No, one copy. You got it on behalf of the temple or on your own behalf? Detached. So we should follow Prabhupada's footsteps, Avanti Brahmana's footsteps. Any questions? Yes? It looks like the Avanti Brahmana got burnt out. <laughs> Theft, violence, speaking lies, duplicity, lust, anger, possessing, <coughs> pride, quarreling, enmity, faithfulness, faithlessness, envy, dangers caused by women, gambling and intoxication are the 15 undesirable qualities that contaminate men because of greed for wealth. Looks like he went through all of this. <laughs> Although these qualities are undesirable, men falsely ascribe value to them. One designed to achieve the real benefit of life should therefore remain aloof from the undesirable material wealth. In earning, attaining, increasing, protection, expense, loss, and enjoyment of wealth, all men experience great labor, fear, anxiety, and delusion. 
Whatever pure fame is possessed by the famous and whatever praiseworthy qualities are found in the virtuous are destroyed by even a small amount of greed. Just as one's attractive physical beauty is ruined by a trace of white leprosy. Generally the wealth of misers never allows them any happiness. In this life it causes their self-torment. When they die it sends them to hell. The Brahmana spoke as follows, Oh, what great misfortune! I have simply tormented myself uselessly, struggling so hard for money that was not even intended for religiosity or material enjoyment. We were just a miser. He lost his wealth to his relatives, some by thieves, some by the whims of providence, some by the effects of time, some by ordinary wealth, and some by government authorities. Pay our taxes now! Finally, when his property was completely lost, he who never engaged in religiosity or sense enjoyment became ignored by his family members. Thus he began to feel unbearable anxiety. Having lost all his wealth, he felt great pain and lamentation. His throat choked up with tears, and he meditated for a long time on his fortune. Then a powerful feeling of renunciation came over him. Some Sukriti he had, right? You the Brahmana spoke, Oh, what great misfortune! I have simply tormented myself uselessly, struggling so hard for money that not even intended for religiosity or material enjoyment. Then we get all these realizations. He wasn't even enjoying what he could enjoy. Lusty, greedy, and prone to anger. Sharp arrows that pierce the heart don't hurt as much as the harsh, insulting words of uncivilized. <clears throat> Yeah, he, well, that he got this uh, renunciation. Some people want money to build temples and do religious activities, do yagyas. And some want money for sense gratification. And he just wanted money out of greed. Because he didn't give sense gratification to his family members, they didn't like him. Nobody likes him. And because he didn't do religious activities, his forefathers abandoned him. He's like a yaksha, guarding his money. What Sukriti he had, why he, he got the mercy. When he lost everything and everyone started mistreating him, 
another story that the glories of the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita, where there was a guy like that. He was I don't know if he's a brahmana, but he was a businessman. He didn't use his money for pious activity. Didn't use it for sense kind of. He just buried it. His family was didn't even know where the money was. Then suddenly got a heart attack and died. When he went to Yamaraj, Yamaraj says, this is, this is, oh, you're a weird guy, you know, you just want to, you're so attached to your money. You can become a snake and guard your money. So he became a cobra living in a hole next to his money buried in the ground. Anybody try to get it, he'd bite them. And then after about a year, somehow he was given a human intelligence. And then he realized, like, then uh, I really blew it. What am I doing sitting here? I'm a rich, I was a rich guy, and I'm sitting in a hole, I'm a snake. So he appeared to his four brothers, his four sons, told him, get me out of this hellish condition, I'm a snake now guarding my money. Then I'll save you, I'll give you all my, we'll divide the money equally. So one brother was just wondering, what can we do? to save our father. Another brother was totally distressed. Oh, our father became a snake and so <laughs> And then the fourth brother really wanted to help the father. Let's do something to help him. After all, he helped us once he was our father. But the fourth one was really greedy after the money. So he made a plan. He said, if one day I think I know where my father buried the money, I can get it, take it all for myself. So he said, that's a good idea. Let's think about this for one day. Come here tomorrow and come up with a plan for our father. So he said, I get this one day. He went to the midnight, woke up his wife. They went together with shovels and hoes. He started digging. Make him up. You are just like me, greedy. I doubt going to bite you and kill you. No, Daddy, uh, I was just looking for you. I, you just wanted the money. No, 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 I don't want the money. No, no, no. I just wanted to help you. You said to help you without talk. I want to talk to you. How can we help you? We did all the pujas and sradhas and everything. Well, you did. I was so sinful, it wasn't good enough. You want to save me, have someone read the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita and offer the benefit to me. That will save, that will save me. I should do it on my Shrad ceremony day, my anniversary of my death. So, he also was a miser. Sometimes misers get the mercy anyway. <laughs>